The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. Today's guest is Michelle Miller of Bola Granola. But before we dig into Bola Granola and learn what great things they're doing, we want to learn more a little bit about our guest as a person, her background, and what makes her tick. Now, first, let me tell you about Michelle. From working at Alice's Restaurant, and that means something to you if you're of a certain age, to implementing the idea of farm-to-table well before it became a household term, Michelle has been ahead of the curve on where food trends are heading. After running two successful restaurants, she switched gears, catering meals on private jets, and traveled the globe and settled down in the Berkshires and started Bola Granola. Small batch, 36 pounds at a time, organic and packed with nutrition. Highly rated for taste as well. Michelle Miller, welcome to the show. Wow, that's a glowing introduction. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, friend, curve. this, this is that. a thrill for me. I am totally excited. I, I'm, you know, you've been such a great friend of our company for so long, and I'm, and I'm glad we're finally able to do this. And there's so much for us to talk about, and I don't think we're going to have any shortage of topics. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, I was thinking about the fact that we were going to be having a conversation, and I remembered one time when I was absolutely desperate, when I was first starting and I needed some bags, and I was <laughs> with you on Route 91, the traffic was intense, and I was we were trying to figure out what to do and how to get them here quickly, and... Well, it didn't. T- I was stuck in traffic for longer than it took for you to figure out what to do. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. It's just it's been so cool to watch you grow. I mean, it's been you've started this from scratch. I know this is your baby, and we'll dig into that. Um, but I've it's been really gratifying to kind of see you a get the props now because it's such a. People love it so much because I see it. It's not just us saying, but I hear it and I see it on social media. I see a lot of people talking. You've even got some celebrities. I'll let you go into that if you want to. But <laughs> no, you've no got names. celebrities that endorse it. Names. You've got this great vibe, and it's such a cool thing, and I can't wait to learn more about it. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, it's you know amazed me that uh, the smallest, beautiful person that I am, I just didn't, I'm amazed at how... Many friends we've made over yep. the years, you know, people that just rely on us so much. And so we work really hard to earn everybody's trust 
bring and this I food didn't even have all, part you know? of this as part of the show, but you're up in, in God's country up there in the Berkshires. I mean, that is just heaven on earth if you haven't been there. Tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about the Berkshires. It's up in New Hampshire, right? Well, actually, no, we're a little bit south. We're in Massachusetts, the great state okay. of Massachusetts. Um, and, and actually, I've lived here most of my life, so uh, it was easy to um, base everything that I ever wanted to do right here. Uh, in in this wonderful spot. I mean, uh, what's not to like? You know, maybe some people don't like winter, but I think it has special value, too. So right now we've had a huge drought, and that's kind of interesting to watch. (laughs) Hope it rains soon. It's weird. We've had the same thing. I'm in the Midwest, and my sister lives in uh, Andover, so I'm familiar with Massachusetts. Oh, and they've got even even worse. I know it's crazy. It's been such a weird year, and and things are just so nutty as far as the between these temperature spikes and uh, between it's either we have this this unbelievable glut of water or we have no right. water. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so take us. Well, we're just we're bit. just doing our part. <laughs> yeah, everybody's doing it. And, uh, we have to. We're doing yeah. it. We're conserving as much as we can. And, um, you know, everyone's kind of talking about it. Let's hope that it, we make a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer in uh, being involved. So, Well, it's, that's, it's that's interesting you mentioned involved. that. It's, it seems to be there's, there's a real movement out there. And it's not just with the millennials out there. There's a lot of us that are wanting to make a difference and, and having a say. I think, you know, like you said and called it being involved, I, I, I call it having a say. Um, I agree, you know, yeah. doing something, doing something, not just sitting on our hands going, wow, look, it's really dry out there. Um, <laughs> you know, that's stupid. It's just, let's do something about it, right? I, I, I'm with you on that, Dave. I definitely. Um, so take us back to Alice's. Yeah, sorry, Alice's, go ahead. Yeah. Oh well, that was um, that was such a wonderful moment for me to meet her, and she got me right away. Um, you know, she got what that I cared about food, and she just right. opened up her heart as she does to everybody. And um, you know, putting handfuls of food in my hand so I would know what the proper amount was. We didn't use measuring cups. <laughs> nice. She's and she's got you know this is this is the um the Alice May Brock, right? That's the one. There's only and, one Alice May Brock. Exactly. And and it's so interesting because the the um the Alice's restaurant made famous by Arlo Guthrie of course, but you know that really was a restaurant. It, it wasn't Alice's restaurant per se, but she you know Alice Brock had a couple different restaurants back then at those days, right? Tell us about well, that. Well, I was in the second generation of restaurants. She had had a smaller place, and then she moved uh, to an old package store on a back road, and that was the second generation. And then after that, she went up to a bigger place, and that was when she decided to go back to the Cape. <laughs> right. <laughs> everything's, everything's good on the Cape. Correct. So, you know, we all have our evolutions, Uh like I dove into restaurants and have doved right back out again. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, and we're going to get to that in a second, but I want to touch base on a little few other topics before we get there because it, it's this is so much fun. So Skidmore College back in Sar- in Saratoga Springs. Um, well, what happened was, was I dropped out of college in 1970 okay. with uh, about a year to go, and 
Then in uh, about 1998, I thought, well, I should really just finish that up. And there was a wonderful program called University Without Walls where, you know, you could pretty much um, fill in all the things you needed to know. And I got to take lots of good classes locally. And at that time, I got a BS in painting, which I treasure. <laughs> and I was going to ask you a little bit about that. Is that still a, a passion of yours? Well, it is a passion of mine, but it's dormant right now. <laughs> I look at all the things I have stored, I'm like, okay, you painted enough for a lifetime, so do something else for a while. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm going to go back to it, for sure. Cause well, I've got, yeah, it's, it's, if it's still a passion of yours, and I, I guarantee you, knowing you like we do, <laughs> you, will, you will not let that go dormant. You will, uh, you will totally jump right back into it. Yeah. Yeah, so back down. In, so in November of '75. So this is this is after Skidmore, of course. You started a bakery, fresh croissants, um, yep. um, fruit fruit tarts, um, yep. pies. Tell us a little bit about that, and and why did was that something you always wanted to do? Was that something to start your? I mean, back in '75. You know what? Good for you. I mean, there's not a lot of <laughs> ladies that are going out there uh, doing it, but you did it. Well, you know, Alice was kind of a role model too, just in sure. terms of. Hey, just do it. Yep. And um, I had a lot of support, and everybody did. Nobody realized I was going to be working ninety hours a week for a number of years. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the, here's a story. The very first uh, thing we baked at this little bakery, which was in an adorable spot in Lenox, Massachusetts. Yeah. I'm, I'm there, and I'm baking the bread, and I go to take the bread out of the oven, and I realize I didn't get any cooling racks. There was Ooh. no place to put the bread. <laughs> That <laughs> sounds like a mistake I would make. All right, so what did you do with that? Uh, you know, so it was all be- it all improved after that, <laughs> or not? I mean, or I learned not. to make right. some wonderful stuff. I mean, um, and it, the sad thing is that that have really gotten out of the practice, partly because uh, it involves sugar a lot. So, I mean, you know, me and Bola, we we uh, we try to keep the sugar low. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah, and you've done it in using natural sugars and things like that. You don't monkey with this other, this other. Well, what I really material. do is we use brown sugar in the bowl of granola, and we have it's ten grams in a serving, and then we also make a one with maple syrup that's only four grams uh, in a serving. So we try to do the spectrum. You know, we I like the original madly. Uh, that's what I have every morning for breakfast. I hate to say it. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> good because it's awesome. It is fantastic. But um, yeah, that's the trouble with baking. You got to eat. You got to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had mentioned something, and I and I think I, I don't want to kind of gloss over it because a lot of people um, that are listening, you know, from time to time, or, or have thought of starting their own business. But those of us who have done it, you know, few people realize how many hours you really put in. Um, right. Everybody hears the glamour stories and go, oh, you know what? Michelle owns her own business. Look at her. Or, mm-hmm. you know, same. It, it, you don't you don't see the 90 plus hours a week. The um, the holiday or the meals. Awake all night yeah. worrying if that delivery is going to come in. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because it's crazy. And it's not for the faint of heart. There's always something, right? Well, I think it's either for the for people who don't think it through, which was always my modus operandi until more recently, <laughs> or you know, it's just naive. Oh, I'll start a bakery. 
Great. Okay. Do you have a business plan? What's that? (laughs) Well, you know what? And that's not, I don't think that's ever going to change. I think there's those of us out there. I don't think it's a bad thing because I think a lot of the best things in the world come from people just being fearlessly naive. (laughs) Well, and and I think that's a great point for a lot of our, a lot of our listeners too, because, you know, so many times we, we, whether it's a college professor or family member, and they all have the right intentions. And I know you've gone through this too, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Everybody, oh, do you really want to? Oh, boy. Mm, geez. <laughs> ah, I've heard, you know, and a lot of times they, they think they're helping, but they're really not. And it's that that fearlessness that, that comes with stubbing our toes and making mistakes and and not giving up is really... And what the heck? <laughs> yeah, just do it. Just like Alice Brock said, just do it. Just go out there and do it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I from there, very... after the bakery, you went into now kind of like being a chef at the old Inn on the Green. Tell us a little yeah, bit about I that. I did a little catering, and then I had this bright idea that we should um, open a restaurant in this old inn that my husband had been a partner in. And, um, oh, you know, for $20 on a Saturday night, you could get a homemade meal that you had to wait forever for. <laughs> right. But, you know, it started something, and um, that restaurant actually is going strong. It's world-renowned now, but, of course, they do much more sophisticated things than I ever did. But, you know, I just, I always said, I'm starting a restaurant because I love to eat. Right, right. (laughs) And I did. And, again, you did this, you know, you had such a, you know, the way you described it is, um, full-scale local and regional cooking of simple comfort foods. Um, well, that's still my you favorite. You know, it's perfect. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And you did this for a couple of years, and then, of course, you, um, you know, you, you went on to that sort of, for those of us that don't really realize, running a restaurant is probably one of the most difficult jobs. And I know you said this very, you know, um, flippantly, I guess you could say at the beginning, but it's true. It's brutally hard, right? It's, um, you know, it's, I think... I think you just have to have a certain personality, I mean, right. or enough money behind you to True. not care or but it's a it's a it's a horrible life and it's a wonderful life at the same time and once it gets in your blood, it, you know, everything else seems kind of boring because being it's like it's split second timing, it's the you know, the roar of the crowd, the smell of the grease paint, it's just yep. a circus. But um yeah, I I had a good you know, 10 years of my own restaurant, uh, the Boiler Room Cafe. Yeah. And then I, here I am. Then I got to do other stuff. <laughs> but you know what, it's, it's, it's so, I think you, you, you mentioned, or I think it's such a good point, you know, so often um, restaurateurs, those that are involved in the restaurant business, it is in your blood. It is something that you just, you either have it or you don't. And, I think that's you know, true. The late nights, the early mornings, the meeting delivery <laughs> trucks, the unloading delivery trucks, the running down the street to get unnecessary, or, or all of a sudden you're <laughs> out of milk or you're miles. out of cream, right? It's crazy. Yeah. And it just doesn't end. Yeah. But the well, but again, the Boiler Room Cafe, I mean, you almost did it for 10 years. I mean, that's, that's, a, did, that's, yeah. that's a pretty I good did. run. 
Yeah, life goes on, you know. Yes, it does. <laughs> and then and then you became a caterer on private aviation for private a- aviation and private jets. Tell us uh, tell us that about was amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah, tell us. This is cool. Well, I was actually working in the sales department for Bombardier, and you probably know yep. them for yep. snowmobiles and sure. subway cars, um, but they have a very um, big business in private aircraft and regional aircraft. I don't want to make a sales pitch, but, um, no, but my job true. was to be the flight attendant when we were selling a plane or showing a plane or going to a f- air show, and I can't believe the places I've been. I mean, just, you really? know. Well, everywhere from South Africa, Hawaii, Australia, Hong Kong, Shanghai, um, all over Europe and the States. And, you know, you don't get to be in a place very long, but I'm not complaining. (laughs) So stay with that for a second because we've got a few more minutes before we get into a break. But I think this is really fascinating because I love the private aviation thing too and I think it's just a it's another world um, it I'm not part of it and I've looked at it from a distance but so were they were you were you still in Massachusetts were you working out of a regional airport there tell us more um, the regional airport is Bradley in Connecticut okay sure so it's really very close it's the airport we always use anyway so and that's where they were based out of, and they were looking for, you know, somebody to kind of, you know, uh, tell us a little bit more about that, that about that gig, because that sounds pretty, pretty cool. It was very cool. I had a friend who was doing it, and when yeah. I was out of the restaurant business, I heard about it, and it sounded great, so I went went for it, and I, I guess I should, you know, she seemed to think that I could do the job, and she hired me, and and uh, the rest was history. <laughs> so you would you would get on the plane and you would go to say for example Hong Kong which is an unbelievable city by the way and were you meeting with potential buyers of the plane were you meeting with people that were traveling on the plane what was that what well, was that it was about a lot of different combinations um, but for example I went to uh, pick up a huge the number one owner of casinos in a particular country which I will oh. name. Yeah, and right. it took him to Hong Kong, and from there we went to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. And, well. you know, in that, the whole course of events, uh, you know, they were madly playing mahjong in the back with his three wives and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is going to be radio show part up. two, because i gotta, I got to get these stories out of you at some point, Michelle. <laughs> Oh my They'll goodness. be in my tell-all novel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's too crazy. I mean, and that, and again, to be able to travel the world like that. Before we come up to break, what were some of the favorite, your favorite stops along the way? Was Hong Kong one of them, or was South Africa? Tell us. Hong Kong, really... I loved it because I can't believe they built a city, in. and it's such an amazing city. And I'm not even a it's city person, amazing. but I have to say, Florence is one of my favorite. Stops, oh, and I got yeah. to spend a fair amount of time there. And um, Paris, you never get tired of Paris, right? I sure. loved Berlin. Berlin was a surprise. And um, flying over the Himalayas, going to Shanghai, that was pretty cool. I mean, Shanghai was amazing. It was amazing. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's oh, such a, it, you know, again, back Brazil. to Hong Kong. It, it's it's so interesting to find a city like that, like you were saying, that they built this this massive amount of population or they uh, they house this massive amount of population on this island. 
but it was owned initially by the Brits. And, you know, if it's British, you can almost bet your bottom dollar it's going to have a great train system. And, and it does. You know, <laughs> I the never subways tried that just out. Are, oh, it's unbelievable. Next time you go back, Michelle, it's just you can get anywhere in that town, um, air-conditioned, clean, um, you know, when it says it's leaving at 701, it's leaving at 701. Um, wow. Those doors are closing. So it's, it's just a very <laughs> Watch cool. Watch your fingers. <laughs> Watch your fingers. So, hey, we've got to take a quick break. Uh, okay. When we come back, we're going to dig into Bola Granola. And okay. folks, stay tuned. We will be right back with our friend, Michelle Miller. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to David at StandUpPouches.net. That's David at StandUpPouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking with a friend, Michelle Miller of Bola Granola. And let me tell you a little bit more about Bola. Bola Granola wasn't born yesterday. Their roots go back decades. From a pottery camp in California across the country to Michelle's kitchen in the Berkshire Hills and to her Bola Granola bakery at the foot of the Monument Mountain. Along the way, they've made lots of friends, people who thrive on Bola Granola. All their granolas rely on oats, almonds, and pumpkin seeds for a hearty, high-protein nutrition, and fresh, nutty flavor. Each serving of Bola granola is packed with these three three ingredients supported by other organic grains, a little sweet, a little salt, and excellent vanilla. Nothing else. They mix it all together and toast it to a perfect crunch, 36 pounds at a time. So welcome back to the show, Michelle. Let's keep going. <laughs> so let's yeah, start from the beginning vanilla. of Bola. Yeah, let's start there. Let's obviously food's a big part of your life, mine as well. But and you've had these several stops along the way, the the career path regarding food. But why granola at that point? Tell us how that that all that where that inspiration came from. <laughs> well, I had always uh, made the granola since um, the recipe was passed on to me, and of course tweaked it um, a little bit because. It was not really, you didn't really need that many almonds, and who could afford them anyway? But um, you may remember the recession. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm um, thinking, how are we, you know, how are we going to pay the mortgage? And True. So uh, my husband had always said, make the granola, make the granola. And I'm going, no, 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 I don't want to be in the food business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so you your husband, so know, your husband was encouraging you to kind of, kind of like oh, make, make even make it into a business. Oh, he's been my champion from day one. Nice, nice. Never, never, 
Never said no, even when he should have. <laughs> you know what? I think that's so cool, and I know we're digressing here, but it's so often, you know, we, we kind of forget those spouses of ours that kind of put up with us um, <laughs> and encourage us and yep. support us when we're kind of like, you know, what am I doing here? And and, and good. That's good to know, because I know he's, he's quite an artistic guy, too. He's a furniture maker with some really, I mean, he's got some real gifts as well, right? I would say. I would say I'm... Um, been the witness to that for sure. Yeah, he's done some amazing stuff. I know Tammy has been kind of sharing with me. I mean, he'll do like <laughs> things with reclaimed wood and some. I mean, and that takes a special kind of character too. It does. Yep, it's very, very impressive body of work. So back in the early days of Bola, you know, were you? And I know that your husband was encouraging you to kind of get into the business. I guess. I mean, well, I mean, as far as like to make it, I should say. But um, was the thought to kind of go retail? Was the thought to just sell it at farmers markets? I mean, what were you trying to do? Well, you know, when you first start, when I first started, it was like, oh yay, I got into a store. Right. <laughs> and we're very fortunate in the Berkshires to have the most amazing local family, uh, the, the Mazieros, um, who started a fruit stand, a vegetable stand, and grew into having two really, really great um, food stores. And they nice. took me in, and of course they do wonderful business, and they, because the Berkshires is a tourist area, it's sure. like a seeding area. You know, people come here, they go on vacation, they buy it, they take it home to Texas, and next thing you know, they want us to send it to them. But um, after a little while, I was in a couple stores. I approached Whole Foods on a local basis and got in there. And then I thought, oh, gosh, this is real. I have to really be in business. You know, I... Uh, you know, I, I poached space off the local ice cream company for a couple of years and finally had to find my own place. And now we're looking around and saying, wow, this place is gonna is getting pretty small. We might have to move. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Where so are we cool. going to put all those boxes that are being delivered? Yep, yep. You're so cool. And that's, that's such a neat story because so many times um, – that's how these things happen. And again, back to our earlier conversation, we were talking about, you know, making a business plan and things like this. I mean, you can't really, you know, anticipate meeting like this this local family in the Berkshires that have a food business. You can't really anticipate, um, you know, getting a friend to recommend that, you know, you go to the, the local ice cream factory or, or, or ice cream store, whatever. I mean, the right. point being is that just there's so many little, little nuances that kind of happen just by jumping into just do it just do it and back to Alice Brock I mean just go ahead and do it (laughs) and being local and that gave me a big leg up I think being here and um, already having a place in the community and um, there's just really a lot of cool things going on in the Berkshires lots of people are starting small businesses and thriving you know it's it's the thing about a business plan is it kind of, it's a good exercise to do, and we do it right. now on a regular basis, you know, well, in too. a modified way. Yep. Yep. You know, we say, well, how much are we going to make next year, and how many bags right. do we need, and how many bags do we have to order today? <laughs> right, right. Well, um, and they, they, they serve a purpose, but they also can be to those people that are on the... It, 
people, and I don't want to blow smoke at you, and I'm really not. You know, people like you, Michelle Miller, aren't going to stop when somebody right. goes, you can't do it. You're going to go like, yeah, baloney. I'll go and show you I can do it. But there's a <laughs> lot of people that will look at a business plan, and it doesn't quite jive, and they're waiting for somebody or something to say, gee, I don't know if this is what you should be doing. And they'll kind of use it as an excuse or a crutch. And our world is full of that. And, and I'm not saying those are bad people or whatever it is. No. It's just... So often people are looking for an excuse not to do something. And people like you, Michelle, are looking for a reason. Why Why not? Why? why it's possible. Absolutely it's possible. And, and every step along the way, you know, everything that, I, that I've seen of you in every area of your life, you've got that Michelle Miller stamp. You've got that <laughs> smile. You're kind oh, that's of very in it. funny. You don't, you don't just dabble. There's this passion about you because I've noticed it well, from the time true. that we just For better started, or worse. You know, exactly. You're going to do it. And, and that's something that um, not a lot of people have. And, and it's such a cool thing because it, it could be granola today and tomorrow it could be some sort of a you know protein bar or something. But the point is, is that everything you do, you don't dabble. You're all in, right? Yes, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think um, it's all, I can't, you know, I can't take credit for everything because as a friend of mine says, I'd rather be lucky than smart. It's and true. I think I've been very lucky. <laughs> well, and I just think luck, luck happens when you just, you know, the, I think a friend of mine told me this when I started my own business. You don't know there's a net there until you jump. <laughs> Um, and, and there is a net, you may not be able to see it, but you have to jump in order to see the net, you know, and I think we always worry. <laughs> Sounds like a catch 22 to me. <laughs> well, but you know what, there's, there's always, I don't think it's ever as bad as we kind of envision it could be. And nor is it always as great as we think it will be. Um, but it, it's just like kind of like what we talked back of about being in the restaurant business. It's not for everybody, this business ownership thing. It's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. But those well, it's of a us good who thing because we wouldn't have any employees if everybody uh, wanted to go out and start exactly. their own business. <laughs> Correct. And Correct. The, you know you can't do a darn thing if you don't have employees, and I sure have some I, good ones. Well, you know, and that's one of the things that I thought was interesting, too. And I was kind of preparing for the show and I was thinking about that because, you know, it's it's one thing for the owner um, to have that passion. But the people that work for you have that passion, too. Was that something that just do you look for that? Is that something that just kind of I mean, you've you've had some great luck and great success with those that work for you. I mean, it, it, tell us about that. You know, I mean, you want people who are interested, you know, who show up present every day. There, and you know, it's not the most fascinating job in the world, but you know, if everybody gets along and they're all focused on doing the best thing and thinking that this is the best granola, it sure really goes a long way towards making it the best granola. Because yeah, and that and that's tough to do. You have to, to care yeah. about what you you're doing to. every day. So I guess that's right. the thread that holds us all together: is that we all care about what we're doing every day. And it and it shows, and, and I don't and think it, shows, that, not, yeah. it it really does. And and, and at the end of the day, it it, it kind of goes top down, and, and that's a testament to what you and your husband and everybody involved at the top really believe in is that this is the best granola that's out there. This is the best that we're going to be able to put out there, and everybody has to believe that, um, you know, or that you know that weak link in the in the chain, it'll, it'll break. And yeah. you guys don't have that. You guys are all solid top to bottom. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I always live in fear of the day when I taste the granola and I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's far, a great lead-in because you're good. so proud of your ingredients, too. You know, oh. your, your simplicity and simple. Tell us about these ingredients and, 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 and kind of why you feel so strongly about them. Well, um, you know, oats are such a wonderful food to me. Um and they're basically gluten-free, although they can be right. contaminated by gluten. But so they're they're so wholesome, and they give you so much protein. And then we yep. have the almonds, and I have such a wonderful relationship with the almond grower. Um, you know, they're even willing to talk to a small business like me because I am a small business. Yep. And um, you know, so and it's the same with your your company, ABC. It's just like I'm really nobody, but. Uh, I just have these great relationships with suppliers, and I feel like like the um, vanilla. Nielsen Mossy is a company that's been around for yep. for generations. Yep. And, Very well you know, known. I have to say, they doubled the price of the vanilla, and I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm right. going to say, I'm just going to keep using their vanilla because why? Because their vanilla is. So good, and and also because they're ethical suppliers, they're concerned right. about the people in Madagascar getting more money. They're right. dealing with all of those international problems, and hey, you know, eight gallons shows up UPS, and we put it in the griddle. <laughs> well, and and that's and, and that's really cool, and that's what kind of why I asked that, and I knew you wouldn't go into it yourself, and I and I mean that sincerely. It's something that means a lot to you. Um, you know, knowing where your ingredients are coming from, knowing what you're, you know, you believe in, um, in how your product is made, and you believe in the ingredients that make it. Um, exactly. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people are looking, and we we run into this too in our own world, where people are looking cheap, 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 cheap. Got to be cheap. Got to be cheap. Got to be cheap. And yeah. you know, at the end of the day, that's not what. It just doesn't jive. You know, the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest is ugh. Um, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> it's just, know, it's just not it, what you know? You pay for, because if you, if you want the cheapest, well, fine. If you're satisfied with the cheapest, you're probably getting something that's not really very good. Well, and the yeah. ones that, that's, you know, that, that want the cheapest price are the first ones to complain when the stuff isn't, you know, spot on, <laughs> whatever. It's like, well, what do you want, you know? <laughs> well, and besides, the other thing, part of that is, um... I always think about the people that are making the thing, whatever it is. You know, it's like, well, are they getting paid a decent wage or... I I don't know. I I feel like I need to be aware of that in my my decisions about how we get stuff. You know, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. And I just was talking with a business partner of mine. And, you know, we were talking about... Walmart, as a matter of fact, the big colossal 900-pound gorilla, right? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, um, you know, these audits that Walmart are um, notorious for. They're going to audit your facility, and that's fine, you know, whatever. And um, one of the things, and I didn't realize this, and, and props to Walmart um, for this, and I wasn't aware of this, and maybe you you were, but a lot of those audits that Walmart is doing is based, and this is worldwide, they're doing these audits to make sure um, that these companies are paying decent wages, that they are not using child labor, that they are paying overtime, that it's documented. So they're well, audits encouraging are more to of a, hear. exactly. It was more of a bookkeeping 
audit than it was, let me come in and see if you're running on the finest equipment. Um, and I thought that was in, very encouraging as well. Now, you know, what they do with it, I have no clue. But, um, right. but you know, let's hope that they're making a difference, right? Well, you can only hope. Yep. yep. I just... <laughs> so let's go back. You were mentioning something about sales, and you were you were fortunate to kind of get on the store shelf at Whole Foods locally or in the region where you're at. But is that something that that you're out beating the pavement? Do you have distributors? How are you growing your sales? Well, you know, we um, we were very fortunate to become involved with Whole Foods. Uh, long enough ago that we were part of a system they had called local foragers, yeah. and that yeah. made it pretty easy in a way to get involved. And then, of course, you know, if you're lucky enough to meet one person in the organization who really believes in you and really pushes for you, that, that helps too. Um, and we've always resisted distribu- distribution because yeah. we felt like it put one step in between getting the freshest granola and getting it on the shelf because we have a very short shelf life. You know, a lot of granolas, they their shelf life is six months or a year, and ours is three months to six months for some of the, you know, other varieties that are, when they don't have wheat in them, they they have a longer shelf life. But right. our original has wheat. So, you know, we, we try to stay away from distribution because also it's, you know, it's, a, it's expensive to make because of all the great ingredients we use, and so our margins may not be as, as thick as some people would want them to be. But um, so if you're with a distributor, then you're giving away some of that small margin. Yeah, so we've point. just kind of picked stores that we felt cared about things the way we care about them. And um, that's worked out pretty well so far. You know, we... we, we a customer will say, oh, you should really be in this store. That's how we got our first stores in California or in Florida. You know, we find stores that have the same values, and we pursue them, and sometimes we get in, sometimes we don't. But we're growing at a nice pace. Yeah. You know, not too fast, not too slow. Right. (laughs) And, you know, just uh, never say never. You know, I don't know what the next step is going to be, but everything works. Well, it's it's interesting you mention that because it's you've got this you've got the small roots that you're you're from, you're very proud of the fact that you you know your 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 batches are thirty six pounds at a crack right, right. and um, and you don't want to you know again you don't want the quality to be degraded, and you know and that's something that just means so much to you and like you said that the day you kind of. Uh, you know, taste the granola and it doesn't taste good, um, then you got a problem. And that's a big yeah. problem. And so yep. it's it kind of starts and ends with that. And I think that's really cool. I've done these radio shows um, for a long time, and I don't think I've ever heard somebody honestly say that they tried to target retailers that have their same values. And I think that's fascinating and a very cool way to do it because – you know, and I'm not saying it's going to work. And like you said, it works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. But that's very clever because not a lot of people um, will do that. Well, the other thing um, is that, you know, to develop any store, any relationship with the store and its customers, you have to have demo people and right. you have to do demos or you have to have sales. And we don't like to have sales because, you know, we feel like it sets the wrong tone. We are really a high-quality product, and yeah. we're a good value. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, we can't compete with, like, people who can give away three bags or something. Right, right. right. So, uh, so we've... Initially, we depended a lot on just um, my, Sarah and myself. Sarah's yeah. my colleague. Yeah. And we would do demos every weekend. We would be out there, you know, talking to hundreds of people. And right now, we kind of have backed off that and, um, you know, tried doing other people, doing our demos. It's a work in progress, you know, just how to establish our relationships with people. So. You know, you mentioned, and that, and again, that really ties into and dovetails into one of the, and I want to do a quick flyby here on your packaging, not as a commercial for us, but you've, you've invested a lot in your packaging. You mentioned that you have a shelf life that's much smaller than a lot of other, or shorter than a lot of other products mm-hmm. that are out there. Um, you know, was that always your philosophy? I, I, I know I'm answering my own question because I, I remember mean, you like, mentioned do I the vanilla. I always want to have a short shelf life. <laughs> well, no, meaning you buy a premium product because you sell a premium product. You mean right. your packaging is a premium, you know, there's cheaper ways to make your packaging. And, right, but, but that's something you feel very strongly about is it's <laughs> got to have the right barrier properties. It's got to keep it fresh, as fresh right. as you possibly can. Um, you know, you don't skimp on that. And I, that's kind of what I said. I was answering my own question because I, you mentioned the vanilla uh, example before. You know, your packaging is such an important part of your, your brand. And, yeah. and it really shows. Well, it's very, um, you know, I just, it looks so great. And it always just comes out so great. We lo- it's almost like Christmas, opening the boxes. <laughs> nice. Very cool. So tell us some of the, you know, and I, and I know I didn't, I don't want to throw this, this out there and confuse anybody, but, you know, one of the tough challenges that, that, that companies, like, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, you're, you're growing just at the right pace, not too fast, not too slow, but are there other business challenges that are out there that you kind of like, geez, I really wish we had, you know, this, or I wish we could do that. Um, Anything out there that when you sit back and, and just kind of, you know, have that bowl of granola in the morning and just literally think, boy, I wish we'd... Any challenges out there that are that are bugging you? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm not so good with, like, buying equipment and, right. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff that some people, you know, they'll spend hours on the Internet and finding the best um, right. thing. That, that, I wish I was a little more adept at saying you know, finding that used oven somewhere and wrangling it in here. But, you know, we've survived <laughs> yeah, with our and minimal equipment. Exactly. Um, and you make the best of it, and then you fix what you can, and you, you keep going on. I'm, li- I'm like you. I, I don't want to waste, um, goodness, there's so many people that will spend six months trying to make a, a decision, and it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Will somebody just make a decision already? <laughs> Uh, you know, just buy the stupid well, thing. If it breaks, I'll buy another one. But, um, you know, you can, it's like an act of Congress to get, you know, 47 signatures for something. It's crazy. Oh, I don't have to go through that. <laughs> I know. I'm just teasing. But it, but it is, but it, but again, it's, you mentioned the equipment side of things. And that's kind of where I'm at too, is, is it's, it's a, it's a challenge to, you know, I, I want to keep going. I don't want to get bogged down and minutia. And um, so I can definitely relate. So let's well, talk it's about good your when market. I get out of the office and I go out and replenish uh, right. that Correct. kind of thing. Get some so new ideas. 
Let's talk a little bit about your marketing. You know, how important is the marketing for your company? I know that, you know, like we said, we've talked about the sales and, and, and things, but marketing-wise, are you, um, you know, are you active on the web or are you, you know, how are you getting your product out there to be seen to, um, to others? Well, I'd say we're very behind on that kind of thing. You know, we try to do social media. Um, we uh, send out a newsletter, which is always fun. Like once right. a month, we send out a newsletter. And we try, you know, we people who are on our mailing list and get the newsletter, <clears throat> they sometimes get great deals. Like we do put a, you know, free shipping options. And I want to um, <clears throat> kind of do... Uh, things that I like to make that aren't bola granola, I'd like to have them as available to people who, you know, they recognize that pretty much they can count on us for anything. If, if we're making it, it's going to be great. Right, sure. Because <laughs> if, I, if I didn't think it was great, I wouldn't sell it. So I would like to try out some new products uh, by making them available to the people that are on our mailing list. And when you say new products, are you a granola related, Michelle, or would you? Uh, think no, like... baking related, but not. Okay, okay. Well, you're um, going to have to keep us posted you know, things, as that goes. Uh, things that I like to make, but you know that are baked items, but that are not granola. You know. Right. Uh, Stay tuned. I don't know what they are yet. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But you know what? Uh, all I can tell you is that you've got your special friends here in your Midwest division that love to try anything from Bola Granola. Hint, <laughs> hint, hint. Did I say that I out loud? Get, I better get oh, baking. <laughs> yeah. Just, and, and you know what? And it doesn't matter. Just test us. Just let us let us try it. We're, we're all You're there. You're going to be guinea pigs. <laughs> yes, we'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. <laughs> so let's look as we kind of wrap this up. We've got a few more minutes left in the show. This is where I kind of like where, you know, let's just kind of throw this out there. I mean, some of the things that, and I know you're you're not the person that's going to, you know, I, there's so many things that I think of Michelle Miller and I, and I think of, you know, the pictures and the smile and your passion. What are some of the things that you're most proud of as you've kind of, you know, if you look back over your career, I mean, you've had the stops along the way. You've had the bumps along the way. You keep going. You keep smiling. You keep grinding. Um, <laughs> what, what are some of the things? I mean, those relationships you have are just solid. And, and that just kind of, it's not just me talking. This kind of comes through from everybody that we've, that's been associated with you. Um, what are some of the things that you're most proud of as you look back on your career? Well, this is going to sound corny, but um, my family. Nice. Um, you know that somehow through thick and thin, I ha and working like a maniac. Uh, you know, we have a great family, and we live in heaven basically every day. It's just right. we're so lucky to be here. It's it's really cool, and I and I I love the answer, and I and I'm always intrigued because naturally I'm curious, and I, I love the answers because I, I a I admire you, and you've done a lot of so many cool things, but it's really neat because that to me. You know, and I know we've all heard that saying that nobody gets to their deathbed and wishes they work harder at the office or whatever it is. But, you know, and, and, and that's kind of where we're at, too, is, is that, you know, isn't it interesting that the further we go along this, this life, whatever you want to call it, um, 
it's family, you know. It's family yeah. that kind of get us out, out of bed in the morning. It's family that that kind of uh, tugs on our heartstrings at at um, at night or when we ship our kids off to college or whatever it may be. It's just it's just you know that's the kind of bond that kind of ties us together. And I, I just think it's interesting because I've heard lots of different you know people talk about being proud of you know overcoming challenges and those and I get that, but. But you know what? The family kind of thing. It's raising a healthy family, being a healthy part of a family is, is really the, the end-all, be-all, if you ask me. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. And so many people get caught up in the, you know, the, the glitz and the glamour and the making big money and we're going to be. Um, and that's, don't get me and, wrong. And I'm sure a lot of them are happy with their families, too. But it's just, uh, for me, that that is uh, the best thing. Yeah, it, it's it's neat because I've had people on the radio show before, and and they've had you know they have they have passion and they have but they seem to be a little bit disjointed and looking for that next million dollars or the next <laughs> private plane or something, oh, and that's not you, and, and that's really not me. It's it's kind of like it's cool that it, at the core of all this is is uh, is really and truly family. It's neat. Yes, yes definitely. So the final question I'll ask you as we get to wrapping up the show is where do you see Bola Granola in the next three to five years? Kind of, you know, or where would you like to see it and where do you see it being? Um, I would like just to continue kind of what we're doing, you know, finding little pockets of people who get it and want it and growing those pockets until, hey, we're going viral. Yep, yep. <laughs> You know, just uh, um, really, you know, I don't see any big spurts, uh, at least not while I'm here in this office. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's such a steady thing because that's, not, it's not, not a big... I, I think that's really cool. You're looking for this steady growth and it's organic growth. It's not like you're going to go out and buy um, uh, four other granola companies and merge oh, them together not. and rapidly, you know, that's not who you are. It probably is the smart thing to do, but it's not, the, I'm just not built for that. And so, um, and as my friend who said she'd, that uh, she'd rather be lucky than smart also said, she said, just keep building that value. And yep. she's right. Just keep yep. building that value. Well, friend, this has been a blast. I knew it mm-hmm. would be. I hope you'll I hope you'll come back and share with our listeners what's new, what's happening, and don't forget to send us those samples of new products that you're working <laughs> on, okay? Promise? This is way more fun than I even imagined it would be. It's just so <laughs> nice talking to you. And um nice. And um, say hi to all my friends out there. You got it, pal. Good to see you. Folks, our show airs on Wednesdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America family of networks. I'd like to thank my producer, Jamie Berling, executive producer, Winston Winnie-Price, and you for listening. Until next time, remember, packaging is the voice of your brand. What's your packaging saying? Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Michelle. Good talking with you, pal. Talk to you later, Dave. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please join David Marinak for another great show next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.